It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Johara Tundok and Cavan. Discover the all-new Renault Arcana at Blackstone Motors that comes with a five-year warranty. Call us now to arrange a test drive or visit blackstonemotors.ie for more details. Welcome to Midweek Late Lunch. Today we're talking trees, entrepreneurship, food waste, have another Elton John classic and more besides. And remember, you can join us too by texting or WhatsApping the show on 086-1800-658. Or if you'd like to call in, remember the number. It's 1850-715-958. Now, folks, there's a two-day festival coming up on the hill in Bellius Town. But there's a really special race happening on the Thursday. It's in memory of the late, great Barney Curley. And, of course, who can ever forget the yellow Sam Sting at Bellius Town back in June 1975. And there's a stellar lineup coming for a very special race. And one of those coming is the most famous jockey in the world. And he joins me on Late Lunch. Frankie the Tory, hello. Good afternoon. Everything okay? Everything is great on this end. And we're looking forward to you coming over. Listen, Frankie, this man must have been really special to you in your life, Mr. Barney Curley. Yeah, obviously, I know Barney since I came to England when I was uh, when I started riding, and um, I was a sixty-year-old apprentice. He has uh, been a he was a bit of mentor to me, and uh, I know obviously I knew his family, and uh, he started uh, the Dafa Foundation about twenty-five years ago with his fellow priests in Zambia. And uh, I've been involved with the, with the charity as well. And uh, unfortunately, Barney's not here with us anymore. He passed away this year. We decided to have a, a day on Thursday to celebrate his life and uh, to raise awareness to the DAFA Foundation that has built uh, hospices, schools, hospitals for the poor people in Zambia that, uh, that did have a lot uh, to go so uh, it was a, it was a great uh, initiative and long live uh, this uh, this charity and uh, that's why we are coming over and uh, and uh, going to have a good time on Thursday you certainly are and everybody's looking forward to you coming for the first time ever to Bellius Turn Racecourse you've never raced there before no I'll be honest with you I wouldn't even know I don't even know where it is so uh, <laughs> I mean I I I, I Heard plenty about it of uh, from Barney about the uh, yellow Sam uh, coup with the famous telephone box. So I'm I'm sure I will take a selfie about that. 
And uh, yeah, you know, it's part of history, you know, uh, you know what what the man achieved that day, and uh, it was pretty remarkable in all those years ago. And as a man, you mentioned the man there and what he meant to you over your career and his lifetime. What was he like? We know he was a real character, but how would you describe him, Frankie, being close to him for so long? Look, he's a, he was a very holy man. He, uh, he, he started to be a priest when he was young. Then he had a bad illness, and that's why he didn't finish it through. Most of his friends are priests, and uh, so uh, he's, he's, he's got a good art in the right place. He forever tried to help people. You know, I was one of those, uh, a very knowledgeable person. And then you had the Barney side of uh, uh, his one-man show, bought his horses, trained his horses, gambled with his own money, two completely different person. And, uh, and uh, you know, I was not quite interested in the gambling side of it. I was more interested in the... In, in him giving giving him advice and uh, you know it's, we had uh, we travelled together we went racing together we went on holiday together it was part of my family and uh, you know don't forget when I came to this country I was I came by myself so it was a good reference point to have and he gave me some great advice and uh, you know he was a very knowledgeable man like I said he touched my life but he touched many many other people's mm. and uh, he always had time for everyone. And uh, like I said, he's a person that uh, he gave a lot. He did indeed. And you're giving back now coming over for this race. And there are a number of others uh, coming from the UK as well. I see Jamie Spencer will be here, Tom Queeley and Shane Kelly. And you're taking on the Irish fellas. Uh, what's your mount on Thursday? I, I'm relying on my good old friend, Johnny Murta. So he's got an entry in there. So I was quickly on the phone. I said, Johnny, do you mind if I ride yours? He said, no, pro- pro- no problem. So... Uh, and even, you know, Johnny, he was, uh, he was one of those guys that he went to Zambia with Barney, so he knows uh, really firsthand what it's like to be out there. Barney always said that I, didn't, I wouldn't have the, the stomach to go out there because, uh, they're, you know, they're very poor and stuff. So I never actually managed to get to Zambia, but Johnny did. So uh, it's nice to get together and, uh, and, like I say, to celebrate Barney's life and what he's done to, to this world. So Johnny's looking after the mount for you. Over you'll come, you'll get on board, you'll give it your best as usual. You're a wonderful competitor. Will we see the famous Dettori jump if you're first past the post? Absolutely, of course. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I hope that we can get a good turnout on Thursday. And like I said, you know, let's... let's uh, make a good day of it, let's celebrate his life, let's celebrate the Duffer Foundation and let's all have a good time. I have to mention that day in Ascot, September 1996, when you won all seven races, including the Queen Elizabeth Stakes. Just put you on the spot. Do you remember the seven horses' names? I do remember the seven horses' names. And uh, I did uh, a bit of an article with the journalist a couple of days ago. And and, and we, we went through the races and... Uh, the only race that I don't really remember is the race number five on Faithfully. I got a little bit of a blank. I know it's been so many years, but no, I remember all the other races very vividly. And 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 but it's funny that what what the emotion does to you that I don't really remember race five. But uh, it was an extraordinary day. Uh, it's changed my life. It's put races in the front pages. Uh, lots of people want lots of money and uh, bookmaker lots, lots of money. Wall Street, Dividend, 
Mark of Esteem, Decorated Hero, Faithfully, as you mentioned, Lock Angel and Fujiyama Crest. 25,051 to 1. What a price. What a price. And it's been 25 years and I still have people coming up to me (laughs) on a regular basis that from all walks of life saying that I change their lives, then I paid for their wedding or paid for their holiday or paid for their mortgage or paid for their car. I mean, it's incredible how many people won on that day. And, you know, that final race, Fujiyama Crest, did you really feel the pressure going into that one? You knew you stood on the brink of history. Was there even greater pressure? Of course, but I didn't in a million years thought that those could win. Uh, it was a 12 to 1 in the morning papers and it, w- it went off as a 2-1 to favourite then. The horse was out of form. It didn't win for a long time. And and already when I got to six, I already equaled the record of uh, Sir Gordon and Ross, Alex Russell and Willie Carson. So I, in my heart to heart, I was very content. And, and that's probably why the horse won, because I went out there and I didn't quite care about it. I didn't feel any pressure. And, and we got the job done. You are uh, moving on in years like all of us, Frankie, at this stage. And you're riding, I take it, you're picking and choosing at the moment. How long do you see yourself, you know, riding competitively for? That's uh, how long is a piece of street. I'm really not sure. I'm really enjoying it. I keep myself pretty fit. Uh, and, you know, with the nutrition and the physios that we get these days, uh, sports can go a little bit longer. I don't want to put a number on it. Uh, you know, when I can't do it anymore and I won't be so popular, then it'd be time to move on and do something else. By the moment, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I'm still getting paid support and I still think I can ride as, as good as I was 20 years ago. Oh, that's fantastic. Two quick questions. The best ever mount. Your best ever horse. Can you name one? Well, obviously, my favourite one was Enable. Uh, one of the two best horses I probably read was the. Uh, Golden Horn and Dubai Millennium. So um, all three of them were very special horses to me. And, of course, we mentioned the seven-timer. Your most memorable victory, apart from that unforgettable day at Ascot? I would say probably uh, Golden Horn winning the Derby. Is The Derby is still our biggest race. It was great thrill to do it when I was 44. My kids were old enough to understand that. It was my second one. The first one was a relief. The second one was more joy. And, yeah, I would say if I have to pick one emotionally, that would be my favourite. Ladies and gentlemen, you just got to get to Town and support this wonderful cause. Yes, we're remembering Barney Curley and his direct aid for Africa uh, charity. The race is on Thursday on the hill at Town. Tickets are available on bellyestownraces.ie for €25 Euro or €10 Euro and all monies are going to the charity. But the big news is that Frankie de Tory races at Town for the first time ever this Thursday. you just got to be there, Frankie. Wish you the best. Hope you win. Me too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Ciao. Oh, what a great guy. Frankie de Tory on the hill in Town tomorrow. You just got to get there and see him. He's never been there before. I hope he wins and does that jump off the horse. He's a great guy. The greatest of all time. 
Well, you have to think about Leicester Piggott as well and a few more, but what a man. That day, memorable indeed, 25 years ago, and as you heard there, he made money for lots and lots of people. We wish Bellystown on today, folks. Yes, they're racing in uh, Bellystown today and again tomorrow, and we wish them well uh, with that meeting and uh, the big charity race. Now... Back, yes, it's back. Entertainment is opening up again. Thank God, musicians, theatre, all coming back. And it is great to see. And our own TLT is reopening after being closed for 18 months due to COVID restrictions. And you know who's there? On the 17th of October, Rebecca Storm is in the TLT on the 17th of October with special guests to draw out a male voice choir. Tickets are available now from the TLT box office or from the TLT.ie. I want you to have a listen to this for me. Tell me it's not true Though it's here Yes, Rebecca Storm, indeed. Beautiful. What a voice. And I have two pair of tickets, two pair today to give away for that reopening of the TLT on the 17th of October to see Rebecca Storm in person. She'll perform all her hits. The question is today, that song is from which musical? The musical that that song is taken from for the tickets... Please, your answers to 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show now, 086-1800-658. And we'll pick two winners who'll get a pair of tickets each. for that. It's going to be a wonderful night on the 17th of October. So answers, please, ASAP. And somebody will make their day today with those tickets, I'm sure. First break of the afternoon coming up. Uh, we'll be talking during the afternoon to Ainani Launa. She's brilliant. She's just something else. National Tree Day is on the way. A young entrepreneur. He's only 14. He set up his own business. Charles Kerwin is here. We have more from Nikki Kyle. Yes, it is a special day. Food, Lost and Waste Awareness Day is today, if you didn't know. And of course, Elton John in song. And words. Now, I mentioned it on the show uh, either Monday or yesterday about all the talk around a bank holiday. And I wasn't so sure about it, to be honest with you. But there you go. Uh, news I've been reading, Finan Sheehan in The Independent, that, that he's talking about a tax-free voucher of up to €500 Euro, uh, as a reward for frontline workers and their efforts during the pandemic. And I'm honestly going to tell you this. This is storing up a hornet's nest for sure. And... Uh, Look, I I have a view on this. I honestly believe that those on the front line in our hospitals and our health service who put their lives on the line and many of them lost their lives are certainly entitled to recognition. There's no doubt about that. But you see, others are looking for recognition now as well. The Gardaí are in, uh, the sergeants and inspectors saying that they want a dividend for their dedication to duty during the pandemic. But I would say to them, you're, you're paid for your job. You're paid to do your job and you're paid well and you have a secure job. And you're expected to protect us, I would say to them. But I have to read you this one. Uh, and it's in Finan's uh, column today. Uh, it, it goes as follows. Teachers unions are now saying they expect to be included in any discussions around the acknowledgement of workers' contributions during the pandemic. And they're quoted here, the unions, and it's the three unions, uh, the ASTI, the INTO and the TUI. 
teachers, and this is to quote, teachers' extraordinary efforts, both face-to-face with their pupils in crowded classrooms and in the online learning space. Now, the online learning space was teachers at home, in their homes, right, in their homes, have allowed schools to continue to prioritise teaching and learning while meeting children and young people's needs, the teachers said in a statement. I want your opinion today on late lunch. What do you make of this thing? Now, you remember me having a go at the teachers here because, like, during the pandemic, honestly, I got the impression at times they didn't want to be in school, they didn't want to teach, to be honest with you. I look at this, I don't know whether to laugh, cry or explode, but I suppose I feel a mix of the whole lot when I read this from them. I say again to teachers, you are privileged, you have loads of holidays, you have secure jobs, you are unsackable and you were accommodated through the pandemic and you know what's going to happen with them now, I'll have a bet with you. If they're not included in this, watch their commitment to the children, they'll be on strike or they'll be balloting for strike if they don't get this. Who should get this thing? Who? What about the people, the retail staff, who fed us and kept the food chain going? They deserve it, don't they? What about the cocooners who stayed at home and abided by the law and didn't go out and didn't infect others? Do they deserve it? Creches and Montessoris. Those who lost their jobs and their businesses. Where does this begin or end? I'm telling you, the government are stirring up a hornet's nest here. They really are. If they want to give a bank holiday, give it to everybody and be done with it. I would reward the frontline healthcare staff. I say that again. I certainly would. I have no problem with that at all. But the rest? No, not too. No, 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 no. Now, what do you think? What do you think? I want to hear from you. What's your opinion about this? If you have an opinion, who should get it? Should the guardy get it? Should the teachers get it? Should the frontliners get it? Retail staff. Oh, should Jesus send us all uh, 500 euro worth of lottery tickets? Out to everybody in country like Joe Jacob with the, with the tablets. If there was a nuclear explosion, take your tablets and you'll be all right. Send us all out something. What do you think? Have you an opinion of this? I want to hear from you today. I want to hear what you feel about it. You know how I feel. You do. And I have very good friends, teachers and people and great teachers and they do wonderful jobs, etc. But by God, their spokespeople and the unions, and I take it they have the support from the floor as well, just get up my nose and under my skin, I have to say, when I read things like this. Anyway, let's hear from you today on the show. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me if you have an opinion. I'd love to hear from you. 1850-715-958. And especially for my little chat with you in the last few minutes. Let's play this one.
Pink Floyd, another brick in the wall on your late lunch uh, this Wednesday afternoon. Do you know where I'm coming from, Louise? Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you, do you see my point? I think you're getting crankier since you turned 60. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Louise. <laughs> no, I can see your point. You, you can't just it. reward everybody. Oh, in the name of St. Christopher, will you stop out of that? Uh, totally agree with Jerry about the teachers, retail staff, lorry drivers, frontline care workers, those who worked for little money all through the pandemic. Certainly not teachers who sat at home on full pay, says a listener to me this afternoon. Thank you indeed for that. It would suit them better, says somebody else, to compensate the people who were sick and people whose families and f- people and families who lost loved ones. And I also think, Jerry, it's time for China to pay many millions and trillions to the world, says a listener there, because we know what it all started. It certainly started in Wuhan for sure. How it started, we'd probably never know. Keep your comments coming to us. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp. You should get the reward, Jerry. (laughs) You were there. Through it all. I was there. Through <laughs> it all. Sitting at home for six months on my little Oneo in my office, looking at the two screens and talking to a microphone and wondering, was there anybody out there? In Hello. The, in the hot press at one stage as well, was, aren't you? I was in the hot press in the house. I was. I was indeed. <laughs> there you are. Louise thinks I'm getting cranky. Oh. <laughs> Cranky-er. <laughs> Go out of that, you lousy. You don't be like that. Uh, anyway, uh, what was it to say? to you What's, have I anything else to say to you or do I have to go have I any time left you have Remind a minute me. I have a minute Will I tell you I was telling you yesterday a bit of a flat tyre wasn't I I said yeah, I had to go out after work it, it, the light had been on for a couple of weeks just went up uh, to Sean and Mac tyres and the boys there two massive big screws in the tyre not one two Louise picked up How, off the road oh I must have picked them up mm. somewhere in, in the one space anyway uh, thanks to the boys though was it was, yeah, it yeah, seemed yeah. to be the way they were in. Do you know what I mean? It didn't, but the way they fixed it brilliantly and everything, lights are off and everything. But thank the boys. But there you are, wherever I picked them up. Uh, on obviously, I'd say in the one space, in the one tire, not one but two bloody screws. Anyway, I'm sorted out now by the boys. We we'll let you. Um, have a listen to our news and weather now on late lunch on LMFM radio and after uh, news at two. It's Ainani Launa. I was speaking before news and weather about who should get this bonus that's been proposed for the government for their efforts during the pandemic. And here's a selection of what you've been saying to me in the last number of minutes. Jerry. I had four children under the age of 10. I did the schoolwork they sent home. I put the hours in and didn't ask any teacher to take a cut in their wages. That comes in from an RD listener. Mickey says, are teachers for real, Jerry? They want compensation for getting nearly a year's holiday with the time they had off, says Mickey. Hi, Jerry. Are delivery drivers who kept the shop stopped, stocked up during the COVID considered frontline? I think anyone who never stopped working through the COVID should be entitled to some sort of recognition. Teachers, no. Kids were homeschooled at home for four months. Just my opinion, says another listener. The frontline workers, yes, 100% every time, Jerry. No one else, says Olive in Dunlear. Only the doctors and nurses and carers should get rewarded. The teachers are a greedy lot. We're all sick of listening to teachers and what they should get says Anne this afternoon. Don't mind the teachers Jerry. Uh, is right. More like poor parents that had to homeschool like myself says Sarah and so on and so on they go. Keep them coming to us and if you're a teacher 
Tell us. Let's hear from you today. I want to hear what you have to say. I'd love to. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. Now, you know we love nature and wildlife on late lunch. And next week is a big week because it's National Tree Day. Next week is on Thursday, uh, the 7th of October. And I'm joined now by somebody you just love, don't we? We all love her. She's a biologist, environmental and wildlife consultant, radio and television presenter, author and educator and president of the Tree Council of Ireland. My God, is there no end to the woman's talent? Aina Nilauna, hello again. There's no end to me talent, that's right, Jerry. How are you doing? I can't wait to hear what I'm going to say after all that. <laughs> well, neither can we and everybody listening today. Tell us, we spoke, I remember, when it was National Tree Week in the spring of the year. This tree day, w- w- what's the thought process behind it and what's the big, big theme or message this year? Well, the thought process behind it is that in springtime, we have, as you said, National Tree Week, when the everybody, all the people, the, the tidy towns, community groups, go out and plant trees and enjoy woodlands. But in, in October, the day is for the school children. This is National Tree Day, and this is the time when schools... And in school, in classes, they learn they learn about trees. And this year, it's been sponsored by SPAR. So it's SPAR National Tree Day, we must call it by its name. And on National Tree Day, the kids are allowed by the Department of Education to go out and go on walks in the woodlands, learn about trees, and find out. I mean, traditionally, when you and I were at school long ago, you might be doing things about leaves changing colour in autumn or bringing in things like conkers and acorns and things like that. So it's been on the fact that 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 um, as kids go back to school and the, the, the term is beginning, the trees are in their autumn glory. So it's time to go out and learn and enjoy about them. They're a wonderful teaching aid, if you like. So for the last 25 years or so, we've been having National Tree Day being the first Thursday in October, and we've had different sponsors over the years. And this this time around, now our sponsor is, is Spar, whose whose motto, in fact, is under the tree. Mm. So it's a very good fit. Mm, it's a lovely fit, and it uh, well done to the people and spar as well for coming on board but you mentioned something there and I'm quite aware of myself I've been out and about uh, I was off the last couple of weeks and at the weekend but Aina the colours the fruit the chestnuts the berries on the trees it's magnificent isn't it? It's great it's a wonderful it's a wonderful time of the year certainly great largesse I mean, people used to say long ago, oh, look at all the berries on the trees and branches. That means we're going to have a terrible hard winter mm. and God has given us all these foods for the birds to live on. That's rubbish. I mean, the stuff, the berries and things on the trees are there because we had a very good spring. We had lots of pollination. That The berries were formed on the branches by the by the flowers first and then by the being pollinated. So it's a history lesson, not a, a forecasting lesson. The history tells us that we had a good spring, plenty of berries, and so that's why it looks like like this in the autumn time. And in fact, this year, the Tree Council is with Bar are giving each school a, a free tree to plant in the school grounds for on National Tree Day. And this tree this year, we do a different one every year, and the one we're giving out this year is a wild cherry tree. Now, none of these are Japanese cherry blossom rubbish where you don't get any cherries on them. This is a proper, a proper Irish chili in Fiat, a wild Irish cherry, one of our native species which grows wild in woodlands around the country. It has lovely leaves and flowers on it in springtime, so plenty of pollen for the birds, sorry, plenty of pollen for the bees and plenty of nectar for the bees. And then in the summertime, late July and August, the cherries come on them and the cherries are lovely, only the birds gobble them all naturally enough, but mm. we could eat them too if you could eat the birds off 
them. So like they're actually very good for biodiversity. So that's happening. Anybody that's in school, any class, they can apply for this going on the special three-day website, which is three-day.ie, registering for this, saying they'll do it, and um, the tree will be posted out to them. And on that website as well, there's all sorts of information about um, what you can do in class. There's lessons teacher can help with as worksheets, there's instructions how to lead a walk yourself through the woodlands if you're doing that, all of this sort of thing. And I mean, that website's open to anybody, but it's only the schools are getting the free tree, I'm afraid. None for you, Jerry. I'm sorry to say it up. <laughs> you have to wait a three weeks for your tree. And then the other thing is we have a theme, as you said, every year there's a theme. And this year our theme is trees are good neighbours. Mm. You know, so a tree is a good neighbour to us. What does a tree do? A tree grows. And as it grows, it takes carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. It keeps the carbon as its timber and it gives off oxygen for us to breathe. It's a place that provides food and shelter for birds. Under the tree, this way, you have the roots and the roots are taking moisture out of the soil, preventing flooding and things like this. And... um, this is a good neighbour to us. So we should be good neighbours to the trees as well. We should plant them, we should look after them, water them, make sure they're not covered in weeds, all of that. So that's the emphasis on trees. Trees are good neighbours. That's the emphasis this year for National Tree Day. Oh, it's a lovely theme, may I say. I, I did mention chestnuts myself and as a child gathering them and now um, my granddaughter is picking them with me as well and enjoying them. But in my garden, I think they're ash trees, you'll put me right anyway. I have two of them, with one with the yellow berries hanging with them and the other with red. Well, they're not ash trees, they're mountain ash. Mountain ash. Mountain ash, correct. The red berries are the proper ones. Yes. But the yellow berries, you've obviously got it in a a garden centre or something. I mean, they're fine too. Just the garden centre sometimes change the colours to to keep gardeners amused. Oh, right. Yeah, but but they're they're both, they're they're both, (laughs) for all if you're not careful anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Although they actually prefer red ones. Red is their favourite colour. Yes. I was going to say to you... You've got the black ones as well. You have blackberries and you have sloes. Yeah. Yeah, elderberries. I mean, they think us all those too, to be fair. Oh, you know? they're great food sources. Mm. But you know what I love? It reaches a point, Ain, and you can nearly set your watch by it. As the weather gets harder and you see the trees are hanging with them, and then all of a sudden one day, I think it's a bunch of starlings head in, and there's just bedlam. There's berries flying everywhere. Well, that's it. It is, it is a source of food available. Well, why not? Indeed. And in fact, we get we get migrant birds coming in the winter time to eat the berries, mm. like things like like um, field fairs and red wings, which are exotic thrushes. They're, they're not like our ordinary thrushes. They're sort of bigger and different. And sometimes we even get we even get wax wings which come in from Scandinavia. If there's a bad winter in Scandinavia, they've no berries. They'll come down as well, and they're amazing birds. They're kind of a brown and pink, and make funny sounds. And if anyone has a, a year when there's wax wings the whole place is all of excitement but it doesn't they, they wax wings don't come every year but the, the field fairs and the red wings do in fact and more starlings they, they're more, more more blackbirds they, they come in from Europe as well but they, they don't look any different to ours we just notice that there's more of them there that's all and there are goes to all the berries that are still here in Ireland when middle Europe has frozen by that stage mm. so that's you're not imagining it it does happen yeah yeah uh, while you're with me a couple of things and uh, when I get my Irish Times and Saturday. Honestly, as God may strike me dead, I go straight to a page that says, I on nature. Your queries answered by Ain and Neil Launa. And I love it every week. And you're doing a great job. You're quite new to it, but it's wonderful uh, the readers responding to you and you answering. I wanted to ask you about last Saturday while I had you with me. The Harlequin Ladyboard. What's the yes. story? It's an invader, is it? 
it's an invasive species. It obviously came in on some plants or other nursery plants. And this particular ladybird is a baddie in the sense, I mean, all the ladybirds we have are carnivores and they eat green flies and they eat aphids and they're great to have in the garden. And the harlequin ladybird does that too. But the bloody harlequin eats other ladybirds as well. And that's not playing the game now. That's not really right. Not on. So if we had loads of harlequins, we'd end up with the harlequin eating all our ladybirds. Uh-uh. So, you know, and that's, that's not good. So that's what I was saying. If you see one of those, you squish it. But the bloody harlequin ladybird isn't always the same. I mean, the two-spot ladybird always has two spots. Mm. The common one we have, seven spots, always has seven. But the harlequin ladybird is, can be orangey-red with 16 spots, 18 spots. Sometimes it's even black with a two, four red spots on it. But what it always has is a ridge, a ridge on its back. So that is still the way they have two wings on either side yes. with the colour on them and they open them up and then the underwings come out those little transparent wings. But the but the, out, the outside edges of those two coloured wings when they're closed are like a case. There's a little ridge on those if it's a harlequin. Okay. So if you see any kind of a ladybird with lots of spots, more than seven, maybe 12, 13, 14, and has those ridges on them, and it's quite a big ladybird, that's the harlequin. That's the one we don't want. Squish them. That's what I was talking about. But you only have a few lines in the Irish Times because you have to answer a whole lot of questions. Yes. You have a few lines for each. So I can't write a whole a whole article on it. Well, not yet, anyway. <laughs> so, Although I can write books. I write plenty of it in books. You know that. <laughs> now, Aina, yeah. besides the teachers who have been given out about uh, the Save the Ladyboard, the Harlequin Ladyboard uh, support group will be on to us after I said squish them. But you should. They're, they're ruining our native population. And that is not on, as, as Aina said. The other no, thing... That's not on, yeah. The, but make sure you know what you're saying. Yeah, don't yeah. squish the natives. God almighty. Yeah, we'll be responsible for wiping them out. The other thing, I didn't get a manage to get chatting to you about it. And I, I want to mention now that you're on me and congratulate you. On Our Wild World, world Our Wild World, Aina's book uh, that came out recently on the O'Brien Press. It's fantastic, Aina. Oh, I'm glad you like it, yes. This book is called Our Wild World, From the Birds and the Bees to the Boglands and the Ice Caps. And, you know, we're all hearing about how the world is changing. And, uh, and you know, we, we sometimes people feel, you know, this is all above my head. I don't know what's going on. What can I do about it anyway? And it doesn't sound good. So what I thought I'd do, I mean, judging from the years of all the questions people ask me, I thought I'd write a book explaining how the world works. You know, just, that's me. I can explain how the world works in 300 pages. But what I was trying to do was take the natural processes and have people understand what, what these big words mean? I mean, what's carbon sequestration? What's a carbon sink, for God's sake? You know, does it really, does it really um, make any difference whether we have biodiversity or not? What's going on in hibernation, migration, by, you know, um, pollination? Are these things really as serious as what's going on? So I thought I'd take all of these topics and write a chapter about each of them, nice and easy, like the way I might be talking to you in the pub, explaining something to you. And then if you understand what's going on, then at least you can say, well, I know what's going on now and I know what I'm doing is maybe not I'm not doing something right or not doing something good. Maybe I should change my ways. But we can't change our ways if we don't understand that they're not, we don't understand what's going on in the first place, you know? Sometimes yeah. people think, oh, if I recycle my plastic bottle, sure, I'm going to save the world. Well, the question is, what the hell are you doing with the plastic bottle in the first place? <laughs> 
I mean, why true. would you buy something like that? You know, <laughs> nobody ever died of drought in Ireland. They had how many millions bottles of water they sell every day. The thing is ridiculous. And then all those bottles then, you know, are, are actually... So putting them in the recycling bin is not the answer. What are you doing buying this in the first place for, you know? So, I mean, looking at those kind of things and trying to say seriously what we should be doing mm. to, to, to make the world a better place. And, in fact, if... if um, if government or if, if you know, they, they make decisions at high level, because we know with COVID, the decisions had to be taken at high level or we would all have not had a chance to fight in it at all. And we were all so terrified we'd die. We did what the government told us and got our vaccines and stayed in and minded ourselves and we're looking at out the other end of it now. But it's the same with climate change. I mean, if the government say we should be getting electricity from windmills and everybody is whinging and moaning and saying, I don't want a windmill outside my house, you know, you can have it outside your house, Jerry, but I'm not having it outside mine. Although it's a great idea. Yeah. It's a wonderful idea to get electricity from the wind, but I don't want it outside my house. Or things like trees, if you plant trees to take carbon out of the atmosphere. But I don't want trees. I don't want to be looking at a whole heap of trees outside my window. I don't want them here. I mean, that's the kind of an attitude that isn't going to help in any way. No. We, we have to be, we're all in this together. So the point of the book, I wasn't so much preaching in the book as to what we should be doing. I'm saying, here you are now. Here's the information. You can't say you didn't know. So it's up to you now to, 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 to go and do something. So I've made it as pleasant as possible I'm just not you have Zoom book and you know you'll read each chapter and it's like me talking to you now yes. I just wrote it like the way I talk I didn't edit it into any kind of scientific no. jargon or anything no like but that. I think that's the beauty in it and that's why it, it endeared itself so much to me but you're right there's NIMBYs uh, across Ireland in every issue not in my backyard but here's the thing Aina. I want to nominate you to be the Minister for the Environment Oh, God, I want to be the Taoiseach. Do you? I'm the Minister for the Environment. God, it'd be great to be in charge for one day. <laughs> and everybody to do exactly what they want. I mean, the Minister for the Environment has to get permission from the Cabinet and things. No, I want to be it. I want to be the whole hog. Or else the rest is no point, you know. Point. <laughs> she wants to be the boss. I want to be the boss of that at all. <laughs> and given that that's hardly likely, the next best thing is to be on the airwaves right yes. now and to be writing books, in fact. So yeah, I, I never was really tempted to go into politics because I thought my chances of being Taoiseach probably were fairly slim. You'd be right? too yeah. honest and too straight <laughs> and you'd call it as it is and there's no place for people like that. You know what I'm talking well, we about. Won't, we won't diss the politicians. No, look, I... Get the politicians. Jesus, I'll be off the air here today. I'm dissing everybody. Louise is right. As I turn 60, I'm getting contrarier. Anyway... I want to ask you this question, and it's come in from a listener. Uh, now, Aina Witcher, Jerry, will you just mention this? It's very sad to see the ash die back, uh, uh, and we'll have to replace them with new na- native trees. The listener says, What do you say to that? Yeah, the ash die back is terrible. That's a disease that, that came in by accident, really, because the people who were were growing ash trees, because ash trees is for hurlies and everything, and they were getting them, they got the Irish ash. They sent them over to a nursery in Poland so that they could be hurried along in the greenhouses there and then bring them back and plant them. But they didn't, the bloody things pick up the ash die back over in the Polish greenhouse. They didn't know this and when they brought it back they brought the disease with them. So it's a fungal disease and it's spreading like mad and loads of our ash trees are dying as a result. Now there's two things I'll say. First of all is they're not all dying. 
So some of the ash trees are actually resistant to it. So the department are wanting anybody who has a, an ash tree that isn't dead nearly to bring it to their attention or send them in some seeds of it because there's some genetic variation in our ash trees because they're native. They're not all related to each other the way other things that we brought in are. And that's the first thing. And then the second thing is replacing them with something else. We have 28 native species of trees. And like while my people might say, well, they're, they're the, the goals, they're the honours class, we mustn't ever plant anything else. In a way, we only have that many because we became an island a thousand years after the Ice Age. So like things like beach, which do very well in Ireland, didn't make the race. They weren't quickly up over here before the, the, the um, Irish Sea cut us off from, from Europe. But I mean, beach are native in Britain. They grow very well here. Horse mm. chestnut, as you pointed out, I mean, they're good for biodiversity as well. So, I mean, we had elm trees in our hedgerows as well, and they were killed by the Dutch elm disease. Yeah. So with the ash now and the elm both getting the wallop, it's, it's, it's not good. We'd be ending up with hawthorn. But we could have more variety in our hedgerows. We could have hazel. We could have mountain ash. We could have holly. We could have spindle. We could have gelder rose. We could have all of these things in our hedges. And then for bigger trees, you know, there's oak perhaps. There's two species of oak. Some of those will grow very well in, 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 in um, areas with good soil. They don't all have to be up in the mountains. We have Scots pine, which is our native conifer. Yes. You know, so there are there are other there are loads well. and loads of varieties yeah, for yeah. sure. Anyway, and there's, now and the wild cherry that you're getting on National Tree Day on Thursday. On Thursday next, day. yes, the seventh of October. Tree Day. Ie is the place to go, and I'll see you soon. Thanks for joining me. That's all. Good to speak to you, Jerry. Take care, yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. The wonderful, the irrepressible, ain't any Launa. Thank you all indeed for your comments to the show. I'm just snowed with comments about the bank holiday and who shouldn't and should get it. Let me go back to some of your messages. Um, uh, A bank holiday or days off are ridiculous. Pay the low paid apprentice and students more money. Try and keep them here. Make the profession lucrative and it'll still stop young and it'll stop young nurses emigrating, says Liam. Also, teachers do a great job, but they only work two thirds or less of the year. Then they can spend the holidays doing what they want. Pay the nurses, uh, says Liam, and the frontline health workers. Thanks indeed for that. Listen to this one. This is telling. As a frontline worker who has spent a lot of the last 18 months working in COVID wards, I think it's an insult. It's an insult to me and my colleagues that teachers think they are entitled to any bonus that may be given. What about the shop staff, bus drivers, etc., who work through it all? The teachers are on a par with the politicians. A bank holiday which will benefit all those who stayed at home during the pandemic and all those who worked will have to work and will have to work on a bank holiday. I'm not sure about the last point you're making there, but I, I, I hear what you're saying as a frontline worker. Um, Jerry, uh, I think teachers have too much time on their hands. Uh, what time do nurses get off? Teachers are very well paid. The nurses aren't as well paid. They don't get enough, says Patricia in Dundalk today. And Deirdre says the bus drivers did a great job. They're due a bonus, in my opinion, and so on and so on they go. And I'll come back to them, I promise you, in a wee while. Thanks indeed for all of your comments. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Now, No Time to Die, the latest Bond movie, premiered last night in London. Looking at the review in the Irish Times, starts brilliantly, goes off the boil and 
rallies with a stirring finale. Daniel Craig's finale as Bond. The theme song, Billie Eilish. I love it. I love Bond. Here she is. Billie Eilish and the theme from the new Bond movie premiered last night in London No Time to Die and it goes on release in cinemas in Ireland tomorrow I'm looking forward to seeing it I have every Bond movie on DVD every single one of them and when I was old enough to go to cinema I went to see every one of them as they were released and I love them and it is just tremendous to think that it's 60 years on the go the James Bond series of movies it's fantastic and they've been there through generations and they all entertain me in their own way and the theme songs are brilliant they really really are Billie Eilish well done no time to die no time to go anywhere else but stay with us on Late Lunch Just reminding you our live coverage of the Premier League continues this Saturday on the LMFM app or by clicking on the Listen tab on the LMFM website. First up, Man United take on Everton at half 12. At 3 o'clock, Chelsea face Southampton, while Brighton take on the mighty Arsenal in the evening game at half past five. Premier League live with now stream live action from BT and Premier Sport with a Now Sports Extra membership. It's all there for you folks. Forgot to mention, I have a copy of Ain and Elowness, isn't she great? Her book, her new book, Our Wild World. It is a super book. It really is. Would you like a copy here's the question what's the Irish word for a badger the Irish word for a badger for Ina's book it's a simple little word doesn't sound maybe too much unsimilar not similar to the English version so the Irish word for a badger please answers to 086 1800 658 as usual by WhatsApp or text and I want to give that book away to somebody on late lunch this afternoon your comments are flying to us we have comments from teachers as well I'll be getting back to it I promise you shortly just give you this one before we meet our next guest look Jerry, I totally agree with you I work in a nursing home and was on night duty last Christmas It was terrible. The elderly people that we loved and cared for for years, they're like families to us, minding, working with infection control and full PPE on us. It was so hard, but we got to honour it. Nurses and carers alike won't even say doctors because they could only take calls, says somebody who was on the front line. You all deserve the bonus for sure. I say it again. I'll be back to your comments. Now I'm joined on Late Lunch by a young entrepreneur and businessman who launched his business in February of this year. He was only 13 then. He's 14 now, so he's a bit more experienced. I'm delighted to say hello to Charles Kerwin. Hello, Charles. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for taking our call on the show today. Well, listen, take us back to the spring of this year. Isolate Plus is the name of your business. Context it for me. Why did you go down this road and what's your business about? Tell listeners. Um, well, I was. we were in isolation and I got very bored and had a good idea. So I decided to decide, uh, decide to make a clothing company. Sorry. Um, we focus on quality and affordability. So that's 
what our company is about. And and, and just simply from, you know, uh, being bored, being at a loose end, you started to think about this. Did you, uh, you know, do any market research or uh, was it in your mind from your your friends and people in your own age group, younger and maybe slightly older, that you saw an opportunity? Tell me about that. What was the opportunity you saw? Um, Well, I kind of always liked clothes and fashion and then we we had like six months off, so I thought this is the perfect time to start a company. So six months off, no school, and uh, you said, I'm going to put my mind to something different. Is it true? You know, you often hear, you've heard the saying about people who are tight. You hear, oh, sure, he or she has our confirmation money or our communion money. You didn't hold on to it. Is it true you put it into this business? Yeah, I put all my confirmation money and savings into starting it up. Good on you. So you put your money where your mouth is to start off this business. Now, tell us this. How do you begin a, a, a line of clothing? Where do you start? How did you How did you get going? Well, my dad owns his own business, so he kind of helped me off a bit. And I just started looking for suppliers and designing clothes and seeing what I wanted to do. And did you design? Yeah. Good on you. So you designed and then you went looking for somebody to manufacture for you? Yeah. And where did you go? Where did you find somebody? Did you go beyond these shores? Did you find anybody in Ireland or or who's doing the making? No, they're all Asian manufacturers. Okay. And was it difficult to get in touch with them and, you know, to check out the bona fides? You know what I'm talking about and the quality, etc. Or did they send you samples initially before you made the, the commitment to them? It was difficult to find the right supplier to make sure that they were doing everything right and we the quality was good. Okay, so that was a big thing. So you didn't jump headlong in. You asked, I, I take it you asked them to send you samples and uh, have a look at what the quality was like? Yeah, I did, yeah. Ah, well done. So then did you then go with one supplier or are you uh, supplied by a number? Uh, we're supplied by two. Good, so you haven't put your eggs in one basket? No. Very cute. The daddy all right now. He knows his stuff for sure. Aren't you lucky to have him mentoring you there? So I had a look at your website. Isolate uh, hyphen plus dot com is the website. Did you pick the name because of the lockdown? Yeah, we were just in lockdown. I thought isolation is the perfect thing. Mm. And then because they're of a higher quality, that's how I got plus. Plus. So Isolate Plus is the name of the company. So you have a website. Did you work on the website or get somebody else to do it for you? No, I did it all myself. Good on you. And you're also right across social media. Yeah. Where would you say is the best showroom for your company? Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, or is it a combination of all? Uh, probably Instagram is the best. Okay, yeah, sure. The it's it's all to do with images, isn't it? Isn't it really? And and you see yeah. what's what there. So you are a, a clothing company, and you supply uh, boys and girls uh, tracksuits, hoodies, t-shirts, beanie hats. Is that sort of the range at the moment? Yeah, that's the range. Yeah. And 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 you have a love. I have to say, very colourful, very stylish, Charles. Thank you. They are. They really are. I was. I've been looking at them this morning. Now, how did you price pitch? Well, we got the price of what we're paying for them, and then we went just below the big brands mm. so that they're affordable. Okay, so you're making a few bob, but at the same time, you're offering good value. Yeah. Now, tell me this. I can only imagine you're an online business. 
Yeah. What was it like when you got your first order? It was, I felt so proud and so happy. And you thought, yippee, there's somebody out there wants to buy from me. But it didn't stop there. It began and began. You're doing well. Yeah. So where are your customers? Are they from Ireland? Are they from the North East to be on the North East Ireland outside of these shores? Where are people coming from to buy from, from you? They're mainly from Ireland, but we've had we'd we've had people from America and all over you yeah Europe look at the website. Great. And are you only supply, supplying to Ireland at the moment yourself? No, it's worldwide. So you will supply worldwide. So how yeah. do you manage the logistics of 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 this? Uh, you know, how much to order, what sizes, colours, etc. Is that you know? In, in, what would I say in, in, a guesstimate or have you done this scientifically well we kind of just thought how much we'd sell and enough that we'd get through if it went big Yeah. and then the lowest the, if the manufacturer could do that amount yeah so you went to them and said we, we're giving you this amount of an order and uh, sales have have uh, ticked along merrily since. I take it you'll be reordering, will you, or have you reordered already? Oh no, I haven't reordered already. This our current collection is only in is only up on the website about a week. Oh, I see. Oh, mea culpa. You're only you're only. Oh my God Almighty! Listen, you're you're in baby steps at the minute, but you're very happy with the initial orders and reaction to you. Yeah, very happy. So how do you marry this with being a second-year student in the wonderful Drogheda Grammar School in Mornington? Well, they just come home and then start working. So you then have to package up, uh, send the stuff out, and away it goes. Have you a returns policy? Yeah. So that is uh, there. Up to 28 days. Okay, so that's standard that you, you have it there as well. And yeah. um, so you have a nice little earner and business now going on the side. Is it just you? I know your dad helps you with the advice and that that's understandable. But is it just your baby? Uh, it, my dad helps me with the advice and then my mum and sisters help me with the packaging. Ah, very good. Let's give them a shout out. We have to give mum a shout out and the sisters as well because this is a Kerwin family enterprise we, we have to mention. Well done to them as well because you do need that support and backing and, and help behind you. So, um, boys and girls and lovely styles and colours and different sizes, etc. And you have a nice range, may I say, at the minute without going, you know, too big. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you know, you've called it, I think you've called it very well indeed. So, you're steady as she goes, um, in school and for the future and studies and that, is is this the, the uh, way you want to go, to be a, a, a young, uh, you know, on the edge entrepreneur, clothing or maybe something else besides? Uh, yeah, this and business, I think. Mm, business is where you see yourself. It's in yeah. the veins. You get it from the dad and the mum and the sisters and everybody else, of course, as well. So Isolate Plus is, is the name and it's isolate-plus.com. That's your website. Yeah. Um, good prices, I say again. Good range and good luck to you. It's great. It really is. What's been the reaction of your friends and in school and that? They're obviously aware, you know, of what you're at as well. How do they feel about you? Uh, they were kind of a bit shocked at the start because it's not normal for a 14-year-old to start his own clothing company. <laughs> it's not, and that's why I'm delighted you're with me today. It is really unusual, but it's a fantastic uh, inspiration to other young people as well to say, look, uh, there is 
and there are many opportunities there uh, to start on your own from a young age 13 my god they're getting younger all the time anyway uh, social media uh, through the website and of course then I'm sure as people get your gear and enjoy it and wear it word them out and they'll tell their friends I'm, that's what you're hoping for I take it yeah hopefully they will I'm confident they will anyway congratulations to you Best wishes for the future. We'll keep an eye on you. Isolateplus.com. There's a hyphen between isolate and plus.com. Check him out. And uh, he has a lovely, lovely range there. Charles, best wishes to you. We'll be talking to you in the future. I know when you're entering the uh, best young entrepreneur in Ireland, please, God. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me on today. <laughs> Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 13 years of age, folks. And he's, you know, this fella. You just have to admire him, don't you? And young people, they're great. And the, uh, uh, you know, the the ingenuity they have and the wanting to try something. I can only imagine when that order came through. Can't you just see him to see it? The first order, it's very, very special. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Still to come on the show this afternoon. Nikki Kyle, yes, she's a regular gardener, but she's joining us on a different tack today because today is International Day of Awareness about food lost and waste. And Louise and I hate wasting food. We really do. We try to eat as much as we can so as we won't waste. That's our policy. Anyway, Nikki will be with us after three. Elton John in words and song and more to come after the next break. Don't you go anywhere. The script and rain on your late lunch. It's going to rain today. Yeah, there's a lot of rain on the way tonight, Louise. is just reminding me. And overnight, Myra's been in touch as a teacher. Thank you, Myra. And volunteer ambulance driver. I say give the money to the nurses, but only if they get the same conditions. Being three years in a hospital to become permanent and to get paid the same as colleagues who do the same work. But in general, reduce the pay of the TDs and give it to the nurses, says Myra. I know what you're getting at there, Myra. There is a discrepancy between teachers that were recruited out of date and the ones who are there a longer time. But you know, Myra, the teachers who are there a long time sold the younger teachers out. They agreed to that. That was agreed to. And it's a self-inflicted wound. It really, really is. Uh, Jerry Kelly show, I'm a security worker on construction sites, meeting loads of people all through the pandemic. We were told that we had to work, no choice, and we refused to work. We would be sacked. We were given passes to travel. We're frontline workers and we worked all through this when others were at home and getting paid to do so. No teachers should not be paid. They are the most spoiled part of the Irish workforce, mostly because TDs were teachers before they hopped on another gravy train in politics. And when they give up their teachers' jobs, and on that subject, it's the biggest joke ever that a teacher's job is held open for them to return to when the people uh, kick them out of office. And then they'll tell... (laughs) Where did I leave the other part of this? I have it somewhere. Uh, To be continued. Oh, no, hold on. I may have it here. Hold on. And then they'll tell you they're not pampered. They make me so mad, says a listener. God, I nearly lost part two there uh, of that one. More of your comments. Jerry, the teachers earn their money. They get their bonuses. They get enough. What about the dentists and dental nurses, says another listener. Um, Rick Cronje says you could be opening the wine a lot sooner than Friday. <laughs> Rick is with us on Friday on the show. Love it, Rick. Love it. What about the posties, Jerry? Says somebody else. Too true. They were great during the pandemic. Jerry, the teachers got paid all along. Why in the name of the Lord would they want a bonus? They had more time off than people who lost their jobs and had to live on 350 euro. Teachers have some necks as a listener. Jerry, 
the frontline workers had a job and money coming in as I had in my job. The people who lost their income for so long, like bus and taxi owners and hairdressers, etc., are the ones who really lost out through no fault of their own. They should be looked after. Another one, reward the medical staff who put life and limb on the line to help COVID-9 patients and work tirelessly without time off as they were already short-staffed. And just one more, all the frontline workers, and don't forget the undertakers, Jerry, deserve it as well, says Breeds this afternoon. Keep them coming. 086-1800-658. We're heading to news, weather and sport on Late Lunch. If you're in a band or a solo artist and looking for that big break, well, October is Irish Music Month here on LMFM Radio and we want to hear from you. You could be in with a chance to perform live on LMFM, play at a nationally broadcast event and win a prize of €5,000. Yes, €5,000. Irish Music Month is promoting Irish artists from every genre and from every county in Ireland. You can enter now. Check out lmfm.ie or LMFM socials for more or email some info about yourself along with an MP3 to irishmusic at lmfm.ie. That's Irish Music Month coming up in October supported by IBI, Hot Press and the BAI Sound and Vision Fund. The email address again is irishmusic at lmfm.ie and the very best of luck to you there. Now, uh, jeepers, Jerry, don't get me going on teachers again. Oh, my God, did they ever stop? Now they're only back and they're letting children home at 11.30 on Friday because of a teacher's meeting. Oh, my God, can they not have their meetings after school? Good question. Valid question, may I say? Anyway, let me tell you who's won what on late lunch today. Yes, Lee Launa. Lee Launa with us early on. She's wonderful. Her new book, Our Wild World. A copy is going to Alicia Ryan in our bracken in Navin. The Irish word for a badger is Brock. Brock is the word. Um, the TLT tickets for Rebecca Storm. I have two pair of tickets to give away today. The song I played, Tell Me Not it's not true is from blood brothers and um the tickets today and getting the answer right blood brothers they're going to tully allen joanna lynch and to little Rodra miskin to Anne mcquillan well done to both of you and we'll be in touch to make the arrangements the chimney sweeps want the bonus now They've just been on Chim Chimini, Chim Chimini, Chim Chim Cheroo. Yes, everybody wants the bonus now. It's going to be a windfall. It's back to what do you call your man and the government? They give you a euro for every three or four euro you saved. Oh my God Almighty. What are we walking ourselves into? Now, let me continue the Elton John story today. I told you he quit performing. Uh, when he was at the top of his game but he returned he had a rethink in the late latter part of the 70s and really his most significant concerts he went behind the Iron Curtain remember that the Soviet Union he played eight concerts in the Soviet Union in May 79 he recorded a number of what you could term lukewarm albums at that stage, but the release of Too Low for Zero in 1983 saw Elton top the charts again with songs like I'm Still Standing and I guess why they call it the blues are two great ones. He was one of the stars of Live Aid in 1985. He sold out Madison Square Gardens many times over in New York City and his collaboration with Dionne Warwick Gladys Knight and Stevie Wonder on the song That's What Friends Are For topped the US charts and raised millions for HIV AIDS research. 
into the 90s and Elton with his buddy yes his collaborator Bernie Taupin signed a new record deal listen to this with Warner Music it was worth at the time 39 million dollars over 12 years which included the largest ever cash advance in music publishing history he also liaised with Tim Rice writing and composing the songs for the now Disney classic what am I going to tell you the Lion King of course I love it with Can You Feel the Love Tonight winning him an Oscar and a Grammy Award. The 90s, though, wasn't without its heartache for Elton, as two of his closest friends, the designer Gianni Versace, was murdered, and Diana, Princess of Wales, died tragically in that car crash in Paris on August 31st, 1997, following which he rewrote and recorded this song in her memory. Goodbye, Ingram's Rose May you ever grow in our hearts You are the grace that placed yourselves Where lives were torn apart Your candles burned out long before Your legend ever will Elton John and his tribute to Diana, Princess of Wales, the fastest and biggest-selling single of all time, ever, ever in the world, in the UK, the US, all over the world. 33 million copies, 55 million raised for Diana's charities. Sterling, amazing, amazing indeed. And more about Elton and himself and his music tomorrow on Late Lunch Roundabout. This time, Anne called to say why the teacher's looking for more money. Nobody should get this bonus. Only the nurses and home carers who called into people's homes to make sure they were okay. John and Navin was in touch. I'm dismayed for anyone else looking for this money. Only the nurses, porters and anyone else who are on the front line and saved lives should get the bonus money. Geraldine was in touch to say teachers must be having a laugh in claiming this money. Only people who deserved it should get it. I did have COVID and I received great care from the nurses. I'm lucky to be alive. Paul was in touch. Uh, He works with the Department of Defence and to say only the people that were in the health and hospital care, whoever lost the businesses, should get paid this money. Otherwise, it's a snowball. I'm saying that myself. And Tricia, working 22 years in a factory in Dundalk, is on 11.80 an hour. Can anyone survive on that? And Anne was in touch to say nobody mentions the pharmacist. They work night and day and so on and so on it goes. You get the view, you get the uh, the feeling out there in late lunch land about this bonus. Final break of the afternoon. Nikki Kyle is joining us next. We have a few minutes before we wrap up today. Let me just throw these figures at you. 14% of food produced is lost in harvest and retail. Another significant quantity is wasted in retail to consumption level. Overall, about 17% of produced food is wasted in one way or another. That comes from the UN and today is International Day of Awareness of Food Lost and Waste. Nikki, Kyle, like ourselves here, you detest waste when it comes to food. Absolutely. I can't bear to waste anything. I try not to. You know, I'm, I'm human. I occasionally waste a little bit of something. But, you know, it, it's really important not to waste food. Um, yeah, I mean, what would you say to someone who goes to the supermarket every day, buys three bags full of food, goes home, and then before going into the house, throws one of the bags straight into the dustbin? 
Because that's what's happening. That is the, that is the reality. That is the reality. Collectively, that's exactly what we're all doing. Irish consumers dump 80 kilos of waste each per year, with 50% of salads and 25% of other fruits and vegetables binned every day. That is a really uh, mind-focusing. You have three bags, folks. You listen to what Nikki was saying. And before you go in your front door, before you even manage to put them into your fridge or into your cupboards or consume them, you fire one of them into the bin. It's gone. You're going to waste that. That's shocking. So, Nikki, couple of tips. What should we be doing? Well, you know, that's all I do to methane emissions. And that's a big thing for Ireland now is reducing methane emissions and, and CO2 emissions. Um, so, I mean, there's lots of things we can do. You know, if you have a good freezer, and I mean a good freezer that freezes things fast, you can freeze lots of things. Um, I, I, I freeze any little scraps of anything. Uh, I have bags for different kind of leftover meat scraps, uh, for, for cubes of gravy or stocks, that sort of thing. Leftover bones get simmered for hours to, to, to make stock. Um, milk going out of date gets made into sauces or frozen uh, or into kefir, which actually extends its shelf life by up to 10 days. And actually, quickly, while talking about milk, can I just give a shout-out to Glenisk, who had a terrible fire yes. in their Offaly factory this week. They're brilliant people, mm. wonderful employers, uh, and they do a lot for charity. So when their products are back on the shelves, I hope everyone will support them. Well said. they really deserve it. Well said. Look, the freezer is one thing. And yeah. the other thing, Nikki, is you mentioned the supermarket. What about this thing going in three for one? Ah, it's horrendous because we, we buy them and they've gone out of date or whatever before we get a chance to use them. Again, the freezer is the option. Get them in there. Well, yes, but, you know, we don't have to buy them in the first place. Yes. You know, we do have a choice. Uh, and unless these are exceptionally good value, and, you know, I look at them sometimes, I think, well, if they're good value, if I can either use them that day or put them in the freezer or cook them and put them in the freezer, then uh, I would buy them. But otherwise, just don't buy them because, you know, the supermarkets and, and businesses are trying to get you to buy food. You don't have to. Mm. Yeah, and that's it. It comes down to ourselves. It's yeah. our own choices. And I know at times I'm like that. I buy with me eyes and I see things and then I think, oh my God, what have I done here? But I have become, uh, thanks to you especially, and, and, and this whole movement, of, I'm more conscious now than ever trying not to waste. Bread freeze as well, doesn't it, as well, well without throwing it out? Bread freeze is fantastically well. And I mean, I make my own bread, as you know, organic yeah. bread, and I can't bear to waste a scrap of that. It's so precious. Mm. So w- when we get to the end and there's, there's sort of rinds or there's crusts, um, you know, uh, crust. Yeah, you know the end crusts. Yeah. And uh, they get blitzed in, in the um, uh, food processor and made into breadcrumbs. Yes. And they go into lots of all sorts of dishes or, or for breading fish or meat or that sort of thing. You know, I mean, literally nothing. Uh, I mean, uh, for instance, pasta. I always freeze leftover pasta if there's any. I just cool it, drizzle it with a little olive oil uh, and freeze it straight away. Then if I'm in a hurry for food, I throw it into boiling water from the freezer and in two minutes have a meal mm. with a couple of cubes of frozen pesto or cheese sauce or something else. Yes, so it's, it's just really uh, planning, managing, yeah. having it as changing our mindset and being conscious. But overbuying is the thing. This thing of overbuying, overcooking. Say you have two or three people in the house and you're cooking enough portions for six or seven people. It's just bloody ridiculous when you have pots full of stuff left over. Well, I always cook too much anyway, but I don't mind having but you stuff see, you, left over. You are a disciplinarian. You, you've got it. This is the thing. 
Well, you know, it, it, the, the thing is that, that once it's in the freezer, I mean, wh- one thing I do is I call my, my sort of anonymous hybrid stew, where I save all sorts. Of, even if there's only a spoonful of stew left, it goes into the freezer. And then every so often, when I've got a pound or two pound or, or sort of a kilo uh, of stewed uh, sort of bits and pieces, I throw them all into a big saucepan and we have this anonymous stew and it usually tastes wonderful. Mm. Because it's got so much flavour from all the different bits and pieces. Better than a normal stew. Nikki comes up with concoctions that you'll never have the pleasure of tasting. <laughs> uh, isn't it lucky whore? But look, I suppose the message is today, those offers in the supermarket, think about them, think about what you buy, use everything you can, yeah. the freezer is your friend, and if we all start thinking in these terms, it will make a big difference. It will make a huge difference. I mean, you know, reducing our food waste could make a huge contribution to reducing Ireland's carbon footprint and save us all a lot of money at the same time. It can save about 700 uh, euros per household per year. Now, you could use that to buy a super-duper new freezer, couldn't you? You, you couldn't. Or have a, a, a sort of weekend break. Or, you know, I, why would you not do it? You'd be crackers not to. I'll get you to Italy. I won't better not mention that with the air miles, but anyway, there you go. Anyway, Nicky, you have to leave it there for today. We'll talk to you in the garden shortly, OK? OK. God bless you, Nikki. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. The wonderful Nikki Kyler. That woman wastes not, wants not. That is for sure. But let's all make a pledge today to do our very best. On late lunch tomorrow, Hector O'Huckagon is with us. Marie Faye, such an inspirational woman. And the new iPhones, well, to decipher them, Declan Bailey, our IT man, is with us as well. And more besides. Paul McGinnis coming next with The Drive. Have a lovely Wednesday. See you Thursday, 1.30. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada and Talking Cabin. Let Blackstone Motors find the perfect car for you. With over 300 cars to choose from, we have the biggest selection of pre-owned cars in Drada and Talking Cabin. Low APR and zero deposit packages available. See blackstonemotors.ie for more details. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.